All right, and we are back with another episode of the Cousins Soccer Podcast. Today we're going to be going over some Premier League. Um, I am Clark. I'm Hector, and yeah, like Clark said, um, we're glad to be back. We got some Premier League talk coming up for you guys. Uh, probably just run through some of the top clubs, some of the big news that's been going on in England right now. Um, and why don't we just dive in from the top, uh, Clark? What are your thoughts right now on that, the top of the table, you know, the teams holding those Champions League spots? So in reality, you know, the championship's really obviously between two teams. You know, you got Manchester City, who's been really dominant besides, you know, last game. Um, and then Liverpool, who's right on their tails. It's actually getting pretty interesting for a while we didn't think anyone would really catch up so that's it's nice to see at least someone putting some pressure on Manchester City to keep performing um, Chelsea fell off pretty early they had a pretty they were competing for a while and it just kind of I think they had COVID in COVID injuries um, and just a lot going on and then Manchester yeah, United sitting at fourth I mean they're just <laughs> lucky to be there yeah, I know your thoughts on them specifically. I think I think for Chelsea's uh the Lukaku situation definitely hasn't helped. Uh I don't I can't imagine anyone was anticipating his arrival to be this problematic. You know, I think everyone was at least Chelsea fans were really excited to see him. Uh, but it's kind of kind of like what you said, it's falling into a two-horse race. Those those other clubs behind, you know, Chelsea'll probably end up holding on to to third, you know, worst case fourth, but it really looks like it's going to come down to City and Liverpool. I know they still have to play each other. Uh, whoever wins that game kind of feels like they're likely to end up winning the league. I know I know City, you know, was playing Tottenham, who had been coming off some, some pretty bad losses. I mean, they had another one after that, too. But uh, they, it, you're right. They kind of seemed like they were going to run away with the title and, and we weren't going to have much of a race. But now, you know, those two clubs... They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to go all out every single week because even, even a draw against say like a, a Man U or an Arsenal like that's gonna hurt you a lot. So I'm I'm really excited to see how those games turn out, especially while they're trying to balance European football with you know title aspirations. Yeah, they're they're definitely both in for. It's gonna be a fun ride for the rest of the season. Just be nice, interesting soccer to watch. Of course. Uh, you know, the thing that's interesting, though, that fourth spot is a pretty fragile, you know, it's it's up for grabs. United's there with 46 points, but they have 26 games played. Arsenal um, has two games in hand, but those were both to be determined. They were like COVID matches, so Spurs and Chelsea both have a to-be-determined match that needs to be replayed. But, yeah, Arsenal's next two matches are against Wolves and Watford, Wolves isn't an easy matchup. Um, they've been absolutely flying these past few weeks. And, you know, they had an awful start to the season, so they're not going to be easy to beat. Yeah, I think those, you kind of named the teams that you might see threaten that fourth spot between Arsenal, Spurs, and, and even Wolves. You know, the the games in hand really make it hard to kind of project because Sometimes people, you know, you, you see your bot, your back a certain amount of points and you think, oh, but we could still nab, you know, another nine points with three, those three matches. And it rarely goes that smoothly, but the possibility does exist. So I do think 
these are going to be clubs that you got to keep an eye on. They're going to be clubs that are going to be putting the pressure on. You know, it seems like every year the Premier League, the fourth spot is like they're playing lava on it. It it's a rotating door. You know, Manchester United's kind of held on to it for a bit now, but every week it just feels like it's it's going to be that week where they kind of falter, open the door for someone else. Um, personally. As much as I would like for Spurs to be the team that that climbs up in there, I do think, man, you will end up holding it. I think Arsenal or Spurs will finish fifth, and then, you know, Wolves trailing a little bit behind them. But regardless, I don't think any of those clubs can really afford to drop games right now because, you know, one, one win when a rival loses and the table looks totally different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that fourth pretty much fourth through seventh is fourth through eighth is very, very close, you know? Um, and, you know, United has had quite a bit of stuff going on this, this season. Um, and then, you know, obviously they got Ronaldo coming in. Everyone was very excited about that. Personally, I thought it was a bit of a reach. I didn't think he's what the team needed. And then, you know, the Greenwood stuff, that's just, He's the worst, and it's awful that you see a pl- talented player like him, you know, throw away his career and just be an absolutely awful person. It's hor- It's just hard to imagine, like, now looking back and, like, rooting for him. Oh, and But, like, one of the main bright spots for the team so far has been uh, just De Gea has been maybe the best he's ever been, at least for the past, like, four years or something like that. Because, I mean, I remember last season, you probably heard me complaining about him quite a bit and the season before. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, rightfully so. And now he's just absolutely turned it on. I don't know if it's like World Cup qualifying or what, but they're going to really need him and the defense to really step it up for their next three. Like They have some massive matches coming up um, against City, Tottenham, and then Liverpool. Those are like within the next four or five matches, and those will pretty much determine, I feel like, the rest of the season. Because, um, you know, if you don't get at least, you know, six points or five points from that, right, you're talking about a bad, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, and that's the, that's the whole issue with the scheduling. Like, it, 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 one week can totally change the landscape if a team ends up dropping points that they, didn't anticipate um yeah the greenwood stuff i there's literally nothing to add it was it's horrible i'm glad that he was arrested hope you know it's crazy that someone would would throw away their career like that yet we see it so often um but just just terrible stuff and and as far as the other the other things you mentioned ronaldo i fully agree i think it's hard to think you it's not that i don't think they should have gotten Ronaldo, but like, it couldn't just be him. Um, He, he adds something, especially he has that tendency to show up in, in in important games and you really can't, there's like no dollar amount that you can put on that. But in terms of like the stretch of the season, you know, Manchester United is having those same issues that they've been having for a few years. And that could have been money that could have been thrown in that direction. But with the way that the teams behind them are behaving, it, you know, it might be enough. We'll see. Uh, like you, like you mentioned, those those upcoming matches. I that really will probably be what determines their their final spot. Because 
man, if say the worst case scenario, they they come out with no points in those three games, which I doubt will happen. Like it, it it'd be hard for that to happen. But if that happens, you almost can go ahead and forget top four. Um, for I sure. think you're right. Somewhere, I think I think a minimum is four. Like if you get four, I think you can tread water and hopefully still make it. Anything less than that is a disaster. And if they manage to get say six or seven, then it really probably will solidify them in that in that top four. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've had a pretty decent... I wouldn't say decent. They've played pretty well in the past, like, three games. Um, their defense has been just... A biz- specifically, like, Harry Maguire has been really bad. And it's impressive how bad he's been this season because <laughs> it just doesn't make sense like he wasn't amazing last season but i would almost say like take him out and put in lindelof next to Varon. because if you're gonna have a slow guy that's gonna at least make mistakes at least lindelof can like pass i don't know i really don't know what the solution is because they just also need like that midfielder and have needed a defensive midfielder to fill in for modic and play be their actual starter because mcfred isn't a real duo that works you know Fred yeah, has i think played we've had the well mcfred conversation at least for the last like two years now just because it's not that they're not good players i think any team outside of maybe manchester city would love to have either of them but you know as, as a rotation starter. guy yeah exactly so i don't know you know i don't think I don't think the Ronaldo money would have permanently fixed that, but it definitely didn't help. Like I, I, I agree. I think if they would have addressed that spot, it wouldn't shock me if they were in a better position in the table. Now, Ronaldo has bailed him out in a few games, so who knows? Maybe it, it all washes out. But I agree. You know, at some point, Man U is going to have to to fix that spot. Otherwise, they're going to be limited in the same way they've been limited for for consecutive years now and you know it's i don't know how long you can go go on you know they've they've changed managers all that similar to what antonio conte said about spurs you know you change managers the players are the ones that are the same here but you keep seeing these these same problems um which you know we can get into spurs issues in a bit but yeah i think the day the day Manchester United kind of fixes that spot, if they can keep the rest of the roster looking good, that's when you're really going to see them maybe not contend for a title. I think it's pretty clear there's a big a bit of a gap between those top two teams and everyone else, but kind of put themselves in that Chelsea spot where consistent top four isn't really a concern, and you know you're you're hoping for good runs in Europe, but it's just not there right now. No, no, definitely not. It's it's frustrating to watch and. Especially when, you know, like Leeds, I don't know how much of that match you watched, but it was like 2-0, looked like they were going to win easily at the end of the first half. And then second half starts, he scores and like two goals in 45 seconds. Yeah, I saw a screen grab with the time on each one. I think it was that out of context football uh, Twitter. And it's just unbelievable. Like it was like a minute and 10 seconds or something like that of game time and (laughs) tie game all of a sudden. They somehow they they ended up fighting back and winning, which is like obviously good for the team. But it's frustrating as a fan to just see like two completely different teams show up every half. Of and course, that's... because 
if you have if you have those types of like breakdowns as a team against leads you might have you know it happens early enough in the game you might have enough time and enough ability to overcome it still but if you have that kind of those kinds of moments against like a Manchester City that's where you end up losing 4-1 4-0 like I I think you're right like it's you know good to still get the three points but it would be pretty reckless to not remember what happened in that game because you you know it, it was a game where they could afford to have something like that happen but it's that's not going to be the case especially as we said with the upcoming matches well that's it's a similar thing happened against uh atletico madrid they got scored on in the first 10 minutes and just could not do anything about it until literally like the last two minutes of the match they finally scored a goal alanga did which you know, that's great. Young 18-year-old guy coming in, scoring a goal in the Champions League, especially a goal to tie it and really keep them in the hunt, which is good. But, you know, it's just frustrating to see that a team as talented as they are attacking almost can't do anything. But that's enough about them. We can move on to another <laughs> frustrating team. Yeah, we could. I don't know. If you saw the... um the Burnley game for Tottenham went exactly, I think, as every Tottenham fan feared and low-key expected. Um, fresh off a victory over Manchester City, which, honestly, you know, Tottenham was playing a lot of counter-attacking soccer that game, but it was one of the most... I don't know what the right word for it is, but rarely do you see a team execute what they want to do so well against Manchester City. Like, Tottenham literally came out with their game plan and then everything like they were able to do exactly what they wanted. And on that day, they looked like, you know, they could go up against everyone. And all of a sudden next matchup comes up away at Burnley, which, you know, away games in the premier league are always going to be a little trickier, but still, I don't know how you follow that up with another loss after you had already been losing three games in a row before that. After the game, Antonio Conte came out kind of, he put a lot of fear, I think, in, in fans' minds of the risk of him walking away. Honestly, what felt like potentially on the spot. Um, as the time, as the you know days have gone by, it kind of it's becoming clear. It was kind of like a a good chance to to call out uh, the people making these decisions to have been really tight on on spending money, and and I think it was also a call out to some of the players who have a tendency to come out flat for Tottenham. And, um, you know, it, he said something along the lines of this, this club changes managers, all that, uh, the players stay the same and the results stay the same. And, and I don't think he's wrong at all. And it, again, it's, it's scary to hear someone say that, but it's almost like, you know, whether Antonio Conte succeeds at Tottenham or he bottoms out at some point, it's becoming clear. It's going to be either the, the turning point where things you know, end up working out well in the long run, or it's going to be where things totally fall apart. And it, it could be what Tottenham needs to just finally have like a full on change from the ground up. Um, and I think it can go either way. I think the talent is there to, to fix this team. Um, the money is clearly there if they're willing to spend it. But, you know, if, if Antonio Conte walks away, you likely lose Harry Kane. Who knows about Sun? Uh, I don't. I don't know how you come back with that from that with the fans already being as angry as they are. I mean, it's the thing that's frustrating is he clearly has a plan. 
he knows how to get people to play above their level but somehow like each week you don't know which team is going to come out there and play like who's going to have a great game or who's going to have like the worst game of their life it the consistency is just so frustrating even even as like a neutral fan not a fan of like spurs to watch because you're like oh harry kane you know you got son coming in on the wings you're like oh he's gonna definitely score a goal and then neither of them touch the ball or do anything meaningful like going forward but it's like they didn't get the ball or it it's just one of those things that almost just doesn't make sense like their offense is too good not to score goals and it's just I don't see how it translates. I would love to just be like a fly on the wall in their practices or in their locker room at like halftime talks, all that stuff, just to see like the general feel of the players. Like, are they buying into it or are, you know, some of them checked out and like, all right, he's already out of here, you know, is support good for him? I'm just curious at this point because it's, there's gotta be something like, who is the problem player, right? Like who's right. putting the negative vibe, I guess, in the room. Yeah. There, I mean, there was definitely, there's no doubt that some of the players that were shipped out were part of the problem, but mm-hmm. it's becoming clear that wasn't the only thing. I mean, there's definitely some bright spots on this team. Romero has turned, he looks like he's been one of the best, probably just, I was going to say, Tottenham purchases, but one of the best Premier League purchases in a while, at least with defenders. Like he looks top tier. Um, obviously, Kane and Son are who they are, but that midfield for Tottenham, you know, until that gets addressed, and they brought in some bodies, but you know, it, and it's hard to do business in the winter. That we know that, but something's got to change. I think the way it looks, I, I, I would be shocked. Just the way it's been going, if if Antonio Conte were to were to leave any time before this summer, um, I think the summer window will probably be the defining window for Tottenham. Uh, Conte's tenure probably rides on it. Harry Kane, I mean, if he if he sees that the club isn't willing to back Conte, I don't know why he would you know even consider signing another contract. I I think Tottenham would try to go ahead and sell him. I think he would facilitate it too, because I mean, it's not like he's super young leaving on a free when you're 32 is a lot different than if you were like 27 or something. But um, yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be the biggest summer window ever for Tottenham. As far as this season, you know, they, the math is there for them to find a way to top four, but I think they just got to focus on staying in Europe at this point. Anything else is probably just, out of reach and um yeah i don't i don't i don't think there's anything else to say other than if if the club doesn't back conte this summer it's it's going to turn into a an absolute disaster the thing that's interesting is like you said you know the players all have stayed the same you had jose Mourinho, who is a very big systems guy he's a very big personality you have Antonio Conte, who's similar in the sense of he has a system and he's also a very big personality. He knows like exactly what he wants and needs to succeed. He did this with you know, multiple teams at this point where they were in positions prior to him joining. He makes a couple moves and this team then turns from being like an okay or decent team 
to like a title contender within a season. Right. So yeah, like you said, it's he he is obviously a very good coach because I mean you saw the immediate impact of when he came in. Players all believed in exactly what he was doing, and they all knew the assignment. And at some point down the line, people were kind of like, "I don't, I don't know what's going on here." Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting second half of the season. Well, we're way past the second half, but <laughs> interesting rest of the season, and then the summer is going to be big. I mean, I, I both can't wait, and I am terrified to see what happens. I'm just prepared preparing myself to be disappointed to have been saying for you know hearing Ranick say oh yeah united needs a defensive midfielder um me and like literally i feel like everyone's saying for the past like fucking sorry uh like five years oh they need a real starter in the midfield and just not getting one so hopefully they'll do it but I'm already preparing myself to be disappointed to like resign, not you know fail to resign Pogba, Fernandez leaves and you know the team becomes like bottom of the table. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of potential chaos to come in this in this league. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, I think it's pretty much it for today. We don't have too much. We just wanted to get a quick roundup get some thoughts in before uh this weekend and you know just have a quick chat about the teams you know the prem yeah good good to get down and talk about this you know well this weekend will be interesting to see how these results turn out and we'll be back next week to follow up uh see how see how these two inconsistent clubs turn out and how that top of the table is looking yeah all right well, thanks for listening and uh, listen or you'll hear us next time.